Would you stand and listen for the word of the Lord? This morning from Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, beginning in verse 20. And again he said, To what should I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Don't you just feel better after that anthem? (laughs) Thank you all so very much. Lifted us up. My chair was shaking as you as you finished. Thank you, Dr. Susan Pensera back there. But it was just perfect that the ladies' sections led off with that anthem in terms of our text for today. Because we're going to be looking at the role of women in our life together in ministry. Last week, if you were here, you remember that we had a story where Luke told us about Jesus going to a gathering of men in a synagogue to teach when a woman walked in who was not invited And Luke tells us that he stopped talking to the men to talk to the woman and went over to her, spoke to her, touched her, and healed her. And it gave us a glimpse of how Jesus treated women in his life and ministry. Today, we get another glimpse of the view Jesus had of women. In this very short little parable, Did you notice that Jesus makes a woman the hero, the main character in the story? It's the woman. He's talking about the kingdom of God. And in his day, some would have even thought that women are not even a part of the kingdom of God. And yet Jesus, when he begins to think about how to help people grasp this, he says it's like a woman took this yeast and mixed it into the flour until all of it was leavened. When you begin studying Luke, if you read the Bible commentaries, the scholars all begin to point out that Luke especially highlights this inclusion of women by Jesus in his life and ministry. If you want to go back and read it, you'll notice it begins in the first chapter, telling us about Elizabeth and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and she has a significant role to play in this gospel. Or you might remember those stories of those sisters, Mary and Martha, that Jesus was friends with. He went to their home on more than one occasion. Luke tells us about that. Luke is the one also that makes a point to share with us that there were a group of women that traveled with Jesus and the male disciples, and it was the women who supported the ministry of Jesus out of their financial means. He makes sure that we understand that the women were at the crucifixion. And they were the first ones to the tomb, to discover the empty tomb and come to believe in the resurrection and begin to tell the others. Luke wants us to know for sure that Jesus included women in his life and ministry. And it's so very important for us to take time to think about that because in his day, women were more likely to be treated as property. 
both in the Roman culture of the day and in the Jewish culture of the day, women were treated as inferior. They were treated more as property than as people with full and equal rights. So when Jesus takes time to talk to a woman or tells a story where the woman is the main character or gives attention in kindness and respect and dignity to a woman in his life or ministry, he is acting in stark contrast to the rest of his tradition and his culture. But there's a further point here I want us to see. I want us to see that his respectful treatment of women was part of a larger pattern exhibited by Jesus throughout his ministry. He's thinking about helping people understand this kingdom he's come to reveal. And he says today in this text, to what should I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took. Like yeast that a woman took. Now just before this, there was the story we read last week, but in between there, there's another short little parable where Jesus says, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what should I compare it? And he says it is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed. Someone could mean anyone wasn't someone special, not necessarily someone wealthy or with prestige or with position or with authority or with great wealth, but someone. And then he tells the one we read today where it's a woman. Jesus is making the point that anyone, a woman, someone, anyone that wants to follow him is invited. In fact, he's suggesting that everyone is invited into his kingdom. Can you see how Jesus continually raises up people who were usually put down? How he's paying special attention to those who are often overlooked? And over and over, as we read through the Gospels, we see that he's extending an invitation into the kingdom to anyone and everyone, but especially to those that we might think are inferior or unworthy or less than ones who maybe shouldn't be included. Jesus reaches out to them with respect and invites them to become full participants in the family of God. I was gone for a couple of weeks earlier in this month. One of the weeks I was at the Spiritual Academy. Academy for Spiritual Formation is what the United Methodist Church calls it. It's a two-year commitment. I've mentioned this to you before. I go away for a week every quarter. During that week while I'm gone, we work on spiritual practices. It's an opportunity for me and the others who have gathered there to think about their own spiritual life, to look at their own spiritual practices, to look at the rhythm of their life and think, how much am I including God? How often am I paying attention to what God is doing in my life? 
And every time that we go, we have professors who come who teach. This time, one of the teachers was Dr. Roberta Bondi. They come and teach on different facets of the spiritual life. Her specialty, she's a church historian, retired from our Candler School of Theology, our United Methodist Seminary in Atlanta. But her specialty is church history, particularly what we call the Desert Fathers and Mothers, or those people in church history that first began to leave the cities and the towns to move into the desert to focus on being fully dedicated followers of Christ. Now, Dr. Bondi says lots of people today think that those people were leaving to escape the world. But she says, no, if you read about what they were doing, they were following the commandment of Christ to love God with our whole self and to love our neighbors as ourselves. She said they were going away to study, to have some solitude and some silence for deeper prayer but not because they thought the world was bad or that they were trying to escape the world. She says they were trying to learn to love everyone in the world. She says they were working on their own identity in God in such a way that they might see it in everyone else. She says when they went away, they moved out into the desert not to escape the people, but to learn better how to love all people without regard. She said they understood this call of Christ to beckon them to learn to love everyone despite personal family relationships or common cause or other characteristics or prestige, that they were listening for God, hoping that God would shape and form them in such a way that they were literally able to love each and every person they encountered the way Christ loved people. There's lots of sayings we have from these groups who went away to live in the desert. One of them tells about a soldier who was beginning to question whether or not he really was a Christian. Oh, he was a follower of Christ, but because of his vocation as a soldier, he was beginning to wonder if God really could love him. So he went out to one of these old monks and began to ask questions. The story says that the old monk taught him many things, but then ended their conversation with a question. He said, when you tear your cloak, do you throw it away? And the soldier said, oh, oh, no, I mend it so that I can use it again. And the old monk said, if you are so careful about your cloak, will not God be equally careful about God's creature? Or there was another story where a group of these men were living in a monastic community. And one of them saw another one commit a sin. He went straight to him and condemned him harshly and then turned and headed back to his room. The story says when he got to the door of his room, he could not enter because there was an angel of the Lord blocking his way. And the brother said, what's the matter? And the angel of the Lord said, God has sent me 
to ask you what you want him to do with this brother that you've condemned. Where would you like to throw him? Immediately, the brother realized his sin and begged for forgiveness. And the story says, the angel of the Lord said to him, you are forgiven. But from now on, be careful not to judge someone before God has done so. These early Christians who went through the desert were trying to learn of the love of God and how to translate that into the love of everyone. They wanted to love God with their whole self. They wanted to love their neighbors as themselves. And Jesus said, to what should I compare the kingdom of God it is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. So the goal of the Christian life is for us to learn to love as God loves, to learn to love one another as God loves us. And the question might come, how long will that take or how long will God give us or how much time do we have to grow to that place where we can love everyone? And Jesus says, think of it like this. There's a woman who took yeast and put it in the flour and kneaded it until all of it was leavened. Until all of it is lifted up. Till all of it grows and rises to its full potential. How many of you watched some of the Summer Olympics lately? I got to watch some of the Olympics, but we were traveling during that time, so I didn't get to see as much as I liked. My home DVR captured some of that for me, so I watched when I could, and now that I've been back, I've been watching some more. I really enjoy watching the Olympics. I look forward to when they come on. I cheer for all the U.S. athletes. It's exciting when the USA wins. I was excited when a couple of those men from Brazil won in men's gymnastics. They were so excited. The crowd was so excited for them in their home country. Or when their soccer team won before the home fans for the very first time. But as I've been watching the Olympics this week and then reading this parable every day, I thought of how Christianity is not the Olympics. In this way, in the Olympics, we're looking to raise up one. Only one gets the gold medal. Only one person or one team or one country. We're seeing who's the very best, and we're raising them up. And it's fun and exciting to see them excel. But this parable teaches us something a little different than that. Jesus says this woman takes the yeast and mixes it in the flour until all of it is leavened, until all of it rises, until all of it is lifted up. The kingdom of God is like that, Jesus says. I was reading the book by Brian McLaren this week, 
He's a preacher, a theologian, he's written a number of books. In this one, in one of the chapters, he was telling a story about one of the early day missionaries from a couple of hundred years ago who felt the call of God upon his life and responded by going to Africa. He was from Scotland, that was his home, and so he had a plan where he was going to go to serve for a while, and then at certain intervals he would come back home. But the first time came, and he didn't return, and the next time came, and he didn't return. The next time, he didn't return. People began to worry about what had happened to their friend. Finally, they received a letter from him talking about why he had not come home. And in the letter, he said that for him now, home was any place that he was. I want to read you a line out of the letter. I am denationalized, a brother to all men, Arab, African, Mongol, Aryan, Jew, seeing in the incarnation of Christ a link that binds us up with all men or we might want to say with all people all this week we've been all this month we've been talking about downtown for good that we are here to stay but we are here to do good and we've been celebrating this good news of God's love and how it manifests itself through us when we do good that we have experienced this love of God, and when we recognize that God loved us, it was something to celebrate, and it is something to celebrate. But then we take the next step and recognize that whenever we can share that love with someone else, that's something to celebrate as well. Any time that we can help somebody else experience the love of God, that is good news. Anytime we can help someone step into the family of God, that's something to celebrate. So all this month, we've been reminding ourselves that Jesus made this special point to reach out and include especially those that are often overlooked and devalued whenever we're celebrating this good news. That in fact, it is for everyone. And we are called to be those who love everyone. Oh, it is a challenge. I'm not saying that we do it perfect every time. But it is the call of the gospel. That once we've experienced this love of God, then we're to share it with others. We're to reach out and share it with anyone and everyone whom we might be able to make a part of the family of God. So anytime we can do that, we want to celebrate Anytime we can be the good face of God for someone else, we want to do that. Anytime we can be the hands and feet of Christ, we want to do that. Anytime we can be the leaven in the loaf of God's growing kingdom, we want to do that. Surely, with God's help, we will. Amen. And thanks be to God.